And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The New York Jets are 5-2. and two. They've won four in a row. The Patriots may be terrible, yet there seems to be this black cloud over the Jets camp right now. I'm Tim McMaster along with the Athletics Jets reporter Zach Rosenblatt and our producer Marissa Dunn. The cloud because of the injuries, and we'll get into that today. We will talk about the win in Denver on Sunday. Of course, Zach was there. We're going to talk about the other Zach struggles. Zach Wilson did not look great. He's going to need to play better down the road. And of course... We're going to talk about the injuries as well. A morning version of Can't Wait coming at you here, 10 a.m. on Tuesday. Um, we always debate, like, do we go Monday? Do we go Tuesday? Which day is best? We usually try to get to you on Monday if the Jets win a game. Um, this week, A, it was impossible because Zach's travel schedule coming back from Denver yeah. was bad. But Ben... It turned out to be a good thing, I think, because there's so much more to talk about now yeah. than there would have been yesterday at this time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we knew there was going to be news at like Salah's press conference because, well, we knew Brees Hall was going to be out for the year. We were waiting for ABT. I, I wasn't optimistic. I didn't think he was going to be out for the year. He is. Uh, Corey Davis, we don't know how long, you know, what his deal is. Uh, and there's Elijah Moore thing. And that, that's like a, that's like four things right there that are like relevant, like news. Some Elijah Moore feels like it was like three months ago. Yeah, but it's going to be a, <laughs> he's going to have to talk at some point. So it'll be a thing yep. again this week. Um, yeah. uh, a lot of times, like Monday press conferences, you're like, right, there's not really that much to talk about. This time there was a lot. And then, you know, as I'm, I, you know, I get back. Uh, I flew into Philly because my parents live in South Jersey uh, and that's where my dog was staying. Uh, the airport parking took like forever. Uh, I'm, I haven't eaten, so I stopped to get food. And as I'm about to pick up the food, I, I see a I, I see a text that the the Jets had just traded for James Robinson, and so, and so I was not done working yet. Uh, but yeah, that that was one of my one of my first thoughts was like, yeah, we did it again. We we pushed the podcast back a little bit, and it was the right move because I think it was Elijah Moore stuff last time, right? Yep. Yeah, we ended up going Friday instead of Thursday, and Thursday was. <laughs> It exploded. Um, all right, let's start with the trade because that's the newest thing. Um, they they bring in <clears throat> uh, James Robinson from Jacksonville. He's a guy who third year player uh, ran for a thousand yards in his rookie campaign. Uh, ran for over seven hundred in his second campaign. Tore his ACL um, at the end of last season, but made a, a pretty I mean remarkable comeback that he was ready to go for. Uh, the beginning of this year, because obviously, uh, or Achilles, I said, ACL. Yeah. he uh, tore his Achilles at the end of last year. Um, but Jacksonville has Travis Etienne. Um, so he was kind of the, the odd man out here. So let's, let's look at what he is. He's not Brees Hall. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Jets have, have brought in another running back to help out, but they have not brought in a guy who is going to probably be the rookie of the year, uh, run for a thousand yards, make explosive plays 
week after week and score touchdowns. He's not that guy. We need to be realistic, but it won't just be Michael Carter bearing the weight, right? This is a guy who is a quality NFL running back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you didn't have to give up much to to get him. Um, you know, I, it's a conditional sixth round pick. He's probably gonna hit the condition. He just has to rush for six hundred yards. He's already at like three hundred. So um, you would assume unless something goes wrong, that that'll happen. But it, it, I believe it's the draft pick that they traded. They got for Blake Cashman when they traded him to the Texans. So you can look at it like they traded Blake Cashman for. James Robinson, which makes it look even more feels pretty good. Thing. Yeah. You know, I and I wrote about this in my James Robinson like uh, story. Like, like you said, like he's not like he's not like a star player. I, I think he he's not maybe as good as he was his rookie year, just because he's coming off that Achilles injury. And you know, there's there's a reason why he was he was kind of benched for Etienne, who was picked in the first round last year. Um, but uh, this shows that you know, in the past, the Jets, you know, they they've never been five and two for. I mean, not never. They haven't been this since 2010. Um, but normally, if a guy like this would go down right before the deadline, they probably wouldn't have gone out to trade for somebody to fill the hole. They would have just done it internally or signed a free agent or something like that. But Joe Douglas clearly sees a chance to make the playoffs, and he saw an opportunity to go get a veteran running back for the cheap. Um, and that's what he did. I, and James Robinson, I, I think he he fits what they like to do. They're going to run the ball a lot. This is going to be a run-heavy team. You, you kind of had to do it. Like you said, Michael Carter, he's like a – Michael Carter is a perfectly solid running back. He'll, he'll probably lead the, the carries on Sunday, I would imagine, on – on a short week for, for Robinson. Um, but this is a team that's going to want to run the ball and you need more than just Michael Carter. I, you know, uh, Marissa can earmuffs. I don't think waiting uh, for Marissa uh, to Ty jump Johnson, in and I don't think Ty Johnson <laughs> should be getting a lot of touches. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, he will play I think, I think you're, you'll see more of like a 49ers esque, like uh rotation now, like as opposed to where Brees Hall was becoming the bell cow. I think you'll see more, you know, close to 50 50 split with Carter and, and Robinson and then Ty Johnson getting worked in on passing downs. But you know, the, the running game is not going to be as effective as it was with Brees because none of these guys are like anytime they touch the ball, they could score, but you know, they, they just need guys who can, who can get positive yardage. And uh, James Robinson's a solid uh, in pass protection. He's a, he's a decent pass catcher uh, and he can, he's just a you know solid running back. And on top of all of that, he's a restricted free agent next year. So they'll be able to keep him for cheap. And then whenever Brees gets back, all of a sudden you have three solid running backs, which is what you know the 49ers always like to do. So I, I, I think it's a it's a low risk move that that makes a lot of sense for where the Jets are at right now. It made me immediately think back, and this is a different sport, but there's a there's a mental thing here too. I feel like I mean you can tell me if I'm wrong when I get to the end of the sack, but in the locker room, there's no question that coming out of that game, despite the win, just hearing the quotes from guys, they were down in some ways. Like, great, we're five and two, but man, AVT being out and, and man, this this injury to, to Brees, this is really tough. Um, Joe Douglas makes this move and it's a message to that locker room that, hey, we're in this. We're we're in this to win this. We're we're trying to do our best to get to the playoffs. And it reminded me of the the Atlanta Braves actually in 2021 last year, as the fire trucks fly by my apartment right now. There, all the um, noise is coming from your end. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. got hurt uh, about two weeks before the trade deadline last year for the Atlanta Braves, and. It was, you know, you could immediately think, okay, best player on this team. They thought they could go to the World Series. You know, now it's probably not going to be that way. There was still a couple of weeks to go before the trade deadline. Alex Anthopoulos immediately got on the phone, traded for Jock Peterson, so that when the team came back from the road trip, 
they knew, okay, you know what? The front office believes in us. And there's a message there. And it worked. They ended up making like five more trades before the deadline, and they went on to win the World Series. Uh, this Jets team is going to go on to win the Super Bowl. But I think it is a message that was sent to the team that like, hey, I know we're banged up. I know things are down. But you know what? We went out. We're going to help you. We're going to plug these holes. And you can still do what we wanted to do this season. Yeah, I mean, and and the unfortunate thing is, you know, it's it's like one of those things where you fill one hole and like another one opens up. Like they have, you know, the offensive line's an issue now, and at, a lot of people have suggested they get, they're going to go and trade for offensive linemen. Now they they are not the only team that needs offensive linemen, especially not even teams that are like playoff contenders. So I, I don't see that happening, especially they have the I don't know if it's luxury is the right word, but they have two starting quality tackles on injured reserve right now. Uh, George Fant's not quite there yet to come back. I think Max Mitchell would be eligible next week. I don't know where he's at. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're still like, you know, I'm ready to get, we're going to get into all this obviously, but th this, this plugs one of the holes at the very least, even if, you know, again, he's not as explosive. And I think I saw a Doug Peterson quote where he, he said he maybe didn't play as much as last game. Cause his like knees were sore or something. He didn't really like go into detail. So I don't really yeah, know. great, great comment by the coach when you probably know the front office is trying to trade. Yeah. Them, yeah. Right? So I wonder <laughs> if it, it, be, it went from just like a regular fifth round pick to conditional after he said that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's something to watch, but I'm, I'm assuming they're going to give him a physical. I mean, the trade hasn't been officially announced yet, I guess. Right. Uh, but so I assume he'll get a physical, and they probably made them aware of whatever. So I think the Jets know what they're what they're bringing in and all that. So it's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 got to be. I mean, I'm this is my first year covering the Jets, obviously, but I don't know. It's got to be a cool feeling for Jets fans that they they're in a position where they need to go out and get players as opposed to selling them off. Um, the debt the trade deadline's a week from today. Uh. I'm sure we'll talk about it, uh, I guess, maybe after the next game or something like that before the deadline. I mean, they, they still could like trade away a guy like Bryce Hall. I don't think they'll, I don't envision anything other, anything else significant happening, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, so yeah, James Robinson, I'm curious to see how big of a role he has against the Patriots. As we were just talking about before, like they were able to get run on by the Chicago Bears of all teams on Monday Night Football, uh, which, you know, Again, another thing we've been saying, everybody's been saying, it's been such a wild year where week to week, you just can't tell who's good and who's not anymore. Because uh, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I'm like, the Patriots defense is going to be a hard one. You know, they're going to have to throw the ball, all this stuff. And maybe not. Maybe they can just run the ball and do some designed runs for Zach Wilson because it seemed like those worked for Justin Fields. Not not to get into the preview, but the point being, um, I'm curious to see what Robinson's role is on Sunday because I think they're going to run the ball a lot again. So you don't you're saying you don't think there's another move here as far as Joe Douglas uh, goes. Not that there is I I don't maybe not I don't think like a significant move. Like I could yeah. see, you know, I, I think they could use maybe like some depth on the defensive line. I think behind uh Sheldon Rankins and Quinnen Williams, I think those other guys haven't really done that much. Solomon Thomas and Nathan Shepard. So like if if there was like a guy that Joe Douglas liked there, I mean if there's an offensive lineman that's good enough to play that you don't have to give up too much for, sure. But I don't think those are really like growing on trees um yeah especially with you know if you have fant coming back at some point uh and then maybe like a some safety depth i guess but again i don't i don't think they want to trade a lot of assets because they, they don't have a lot of cap space either right now they don't have a lot on paper next year either so I, I don't think unless it's something that unless they you know if they go and beat the patriots on sunday maybe all bets are off because at that point they're six and two five wins in a row um and then you have to think about trying to contend for the AFC East at that point, I guess. I don't know because you're only you know, what the, the bill the Bills what have one loss, right? Yeah, one loss. Yeah, so you're going. To, then you have the Bills the next week at home. If you're ever going to beat the Bills, probably want to wait until after that one before you think it? about the division. 
I, I know. I, I'm just saying, like, you're going in the deadline, you're coming off that win, and you're feeling good about yourself. Like, yeah. I don't know what what, what Douglas' thought process So I, I'm sure he'll be patient. He's been good with trades. Uh, but I don't think any of us envisioned a possibility of them being six and two. So, or even five and two. It's it's yes. been incredible. Um, so obviously the AVT injury. Just to get into that a little more. Yeah. I mean, he's played all over the offensive line. We've talked about this guy week after week, and yeah. just the the value, the fact that maybe in a lot of ways he's been the MVP of this team. Um, and if he's not, maybe Brees Hall was, and you lose both of them on the same day. It's just it's crushing. Um, you mentioned Fant you know, eventually coming back, but what do they do this week on the offensive line? I guess that's the one, like so, you got to get to, I'm going to I'm have to learn how to say this guy's name. And I apologize if I say it wrong, but Cedric Aga, Agbui, Agbui. Yeah. I can't I'm gonna help to, you on that I'm one. To look that up, yeah. look up the pronunciation. He's going to be starting. He played for like, tw- like 40 snaps the other day. Yeah. Um, the offensive line struggled. I, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch like who exactly was bad. I, I know like Tomlinson gave up a lot. Uh, so he's going to be the guy this week or until George Fant returns. Uh, George Fant's going to have to play right tackle when he gets back, which, you know, wasn't his favorite position. I mean, we'll see what happens when Mitchell gets back. I, I think Fant will play over Mitchell if it comes down to it. I don't know when Fant's coming back. I mean, the fact that he's not ready yet is is not a great sign. Because uh, I think the knee injury, I, I got the impression that it was the knee, the knee injury that had been bothering him all summer, and then it just like wasn't getting any better, so they wanted to give him rest. So the fact that he's still like being held out is not ideal, but you want him to get as healthy as possible, and then hopefully he's you know George Fan as good as he can be, and and then maybe the offensive line starts playing better. Because the offensive line, you know, we talked about the like two previous weeks that had looked really good for the most part. The run blocking had been really good. Uh, run blocking was still solid this last week, but the offensive like Zach Wilson was running for his life the whole game. It seemed like. Um, you know, maybe he was holding on to the ball too long a few of the times, but they, they need better play from the O line, especially because this this is I mean, again, we're gonna get into the Zach Wilson aspect of it, but this is a run first team that's gonna be their goal to run run it down your throat every week. Some weeks you're not gonna be able to do that. And they need the offensive line to be playing well in order to, to do what they want to do on offense. So that's it's a huge loss, like you said. I mean, I, I thought Elijah Vera Tucker was their MVP of the season so far just because he saved them in so many ways playing multiple positions. Everybody was raving around him. You started hearing his name mentioned around the league as like uh, one of the better players in the league. Like that's how impressive what he was doing was to some people. He was going to make the Pro Bowl. I, I mean, every week I was like, I'm probably going to keep talking about him every week. And and, and now it's just like his, his, it was weird because Brees Hall, you knew was bad in the moment. You know, he he goes down. He has, he like needs help walking off the field. Elijah Vera Tucker, you didn't even like see him go off the field. All of a sudden there was the medical tent was up and we're like, who's in there? And then Elijah Vera Tucker pops out. Uh, and then he goes in the locker room and then you kind of don't hear anything. And then he's not there in the second half. And then they declare him out. And then, you know, after the game, Robert Sala, he's like, you know, it's likely that Brees Hall towards ACL. We're going to get more tests on Elijah tomorrow. And then tomorrow gets there. Like, I, again, I, you know, I, I had a feeling it was bad just because, you know, elbow injury, it, it was labeled elbow uh, in the moment. Yeah. Like, that was the one thing though, that like gave me hope is that they had said like elbow during the game and, it's just elbow seems better than knee or, you know yeah, what I mean? When you, yeah, when you hear it, but, but offensive lineman elbow is pretty rough too, though. Right. Um, right. It turned out being a torn triceps, I believe. So he's out for the yep. year. Uh, I mean, it's, it just, it just really, you really feel bad. You feel bad for all, both of them, obviously. Um, but you know, that, that kid was headed towards all pro pro bowl, huge payday. And I'm sure he'll still wind up getting that. And it's not like his career's over or anything. I think tricep injury is one you can come back from 
but it, it just it just really unfortunate because he he would, was like a saving grace of that offensive line, you had the offense, like it, and just a positive force in that locker room. Everybody loved him. Everybody was so impressed. Like he was just galvanizing everybody. He, just, he was, you know, no questions asked, doing whatever was asked of him, uh, playing a position he never played before. And, and now he's he's lost for the year, and they have to again circle the wagons and figure out. You know, I think this is going to be something like the the fifth starting offensive line group that they'll, they'll have had, and then when Fant comes back, it'll be the the sixth because he hasn't played with Dwayne Brown yet uh, during the season. Like that's crazy. We're in week eight, so yeah, that's nuts. But I mean, it says a lot about how the coaching is coaching staff has been able to overcome it. The fact that they you, you, we can say usually you say that, and that's that's a losing team that's dealing with all that. Um, this is going to really, really be a test of what this team's made of because they've been very resilient. Uh, they've overcome a lot of bad things within games. Even uh, they, they still come back in the fourth quarter, no matter what. We're really going to find out what they're made of when you lose your two best offensive players, arguably, in one game, in one within like five minutes of each other. Uh, on top of Corey Davis being hurt, uh, like it, it, we're really going to find out. Especially at this hard stretch, you have the Patriots, Bills, Patriots. Even though the Patriots don't look as hard, they tend to play better against the Jets anyway. So. Um, yeah, we're going to really find out if this team is the real deal and if they can overcome this, then uh, you you have to kind of just expect them to overcome almost anything at that point. So real quick on Corey Davis, day to day, but I would imagine he'll probably miss this week. Um, so Denzel Mims will be in there again, I would imagine, to, regardless of Elijah Moore. But um, is there anything new on the Elijah Moore front or are we just waiting to hear from him this week at some point? Uh, well, so he's back. He was back in the building yesterday. Salah said he hadn't talked to him, which a recurring theme I've noticed when anyone's been asked about Elijah Moore on this team is like they haven't talked to him yet, which I don't know if that's <laughs> what that says. It, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because it's just like, um, you know, one of them because I wasn't there on Friday because I was traveling. Uh, so some people interviewed Corey Davis and he was one of the people like, you know, I haven't talked to him yet. Um, you know, and they, they would offer like, we love him, but I haven't talked to him yet. Another guy, we, I haven't talked to him yet. Um, and then like, there's been kind of, I don't know if it's on purpose. I'm sure it is, but like CJ Mosley even had a comment yesterday, uh, where he talked about, cause he was asking on Michael Carter, what he's meant to this team. And he's like, you know, he, even, even though, you know, he's one of those guys, he's he, even when he's not getting touches, uh, you know, he's not thinking about the production or whatever, uh, he, we, but he, he's staying ready. So when, when the, when the time comes, he's going to be ready for the touches or whatever. <laughs> like it was like he wasn't asked about Elijah Moore and it's pretty clear that I, I so there's going to be some awkwardness that Salah indicated that he's going to play this week. I imagine they'll need to see how he looks when he goes out there and how he acts. I, it's, it's going to be, I mean, this, this again, like we went, I went on that rant the other day. It still applies. Like they're four. Now they've won four in a row and they still have to, they're still going to be asked about this guy who just is mad that he hasn't gotten any touches. Yeah, we're going to keep hearing about him as well. All right, we got a lot more to get to. We're going to talk about the game, the actual win yeah. a little bit, and we'll talk about Zach Wilson as well. Uh, but we got to take a short break here on the Can't Wait Podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, we are going to roll on with the victory. You know, if you if somebody told you, Zach, before, before this game, all right, they're going to go out there, they're going to lose their top running back, their top offensive lineman. They're going to commit 11 penalties. Um, they're going to throw for 121 yards. And they're going to win. I mean, it's <laughs> incredible that the Jets won this football game. Uh, yeah. But a lot of that goes to the defense, which played... I mean, look like it played great, although the way this Broncos offense has played all season long, who knows? But we'll give credit to the defense. Um, it's a defense that, based on how they played the last few weeks leading up to this, I think it's safe to say that the defense was the factor here, and and they really were the difference makers in this victory. Yeah, you know, I was talking to Brian Costello, who uh, covers the Jets for the New York Post after the game. We were, like, looking at the box score. We're like, if you just cover the – the score and you look at the jet stats you know they're like three of 12 and third down or something like that like all the stuff you just said all the penalties no passing game losing Brees hall losing abt like on paper it's like all right that team lost right but the reality is they just grinded out a win they could not really get anything going on offense so the defense kind of took over greg zerline was their entire offense once Brees hall went down uh they have an automatic kicker which is pretty amazing um but yeah i mean the defense just grinded it out um and so there's some vacuuming going on upstairs. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but um, yeah. you can't. Okay, good. No, uh, we can't. Uh, well, it's bothering me anyway. <laughs> uh, Mom, I, yeah. be quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, especially like especially the cornerbacks again. Like that's the thing we talk about every week. But those, those guys, especially Sauce, obviously, but DJ Reed too. Like DJ Reed had a couple of like huge hits. He tackled Jerry Judy where it would have been a catch for a screen, but he dropped the ball because he hit him so hard. Another tackle that prevented a first down. They both each had three pass deflections. The Broncos, for some reason, with Brett Ripien, uh, Ripien, however you say it, I'm bad at names. <laughs> Ripien. He, uh, he targeted Sauce ten times. Uh, yeah, that was I, weird. I think he allowed like three catches for eight yards on those. Sauce <laughs> is like tied for league lead in pass deflections now. Um, th those two cornerbacks are just they're just Pro Bowl corners. I think PFF has them both ranked among the top five among all corners. Um, and it's it just, it just wild every week. Like the, those guys just aren't phased and it's, it's, it makes everything on the rest of the defense work. Like the, the defensive line wasn't getting that much pressure in the beginning. They started to get more as the game went along. And a lot of that had to do with, they just were able to dominate on the back end. So, um, as long as those corners are dominating the way they are there, th this team can, it, it's really going to come down to the, whether the, the team they're playing can run the ball on them because, uh, they're just not going to be able to throw on sauce and DJ Reed this year. I think that's pretty obvious. And then sauce like in the final minute, right? The the game on the yeah, line. Yeah, that, that fourth down. Uh, the end zone. End zone. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, he was just blanket coverage. He was just all over him. Uh, great coverage. Um, he's just yeah, he's a star, no doubt about it. Um, the last four weeks, this defense, when you look at it, points allowed second, yards per play second, QB hits and sacks first, passing yard attempts second quarterback rating first i mean you go down the line stat after yeah. stat and the jets are near the top of the league um and like you said those guys are a big part of it quinnon obviously also a big part of it um yeah. 
five pressures on Sunday is 29 for the season, which uh, I think is first for for defensive tackles, right? So he's he continues to be dominant. Um, they overcame the penalties, which actually I think most of the penalties were on the other side. Well, I mean, Dwayne Brown made like he had three, yeah. like he was a third of those penalties on one drive yeah. where he just had a, two holds and a not ideal. Yeah, it's always the veterans on this team. It's like never the rookies. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they come out of this with the win and the jets 60.8% chance of making the playoffs that according to ESPN coming out of this wow. game. Uh, so that's where the defense is and the, the defense is still relatively healthy. So that's something this team is going to be able to continue to rely on. I did want to give a shout out to you, Zach, because I don't think you patted yourself on the back enough, but your prediction for this game was 17, 13. Yeah. It ended up 16, nine. That's pretty, pretty good not bad yeah i've been pretty the last two weeks i've been looking pretty smart on these predictions that's pretty great at least that's the beat so writer you great. need yeah exactly. and and i had james robinson in my running back story i definitely you knew that yes for him, yep so. yep i um, had that i read that whole story i was ready to go with who are the jets going to make a move for today and <laughs> they, they went and pulled the trick exactly um but yeah the, i mean the defense um it, it's I'm going to be very curious to see how they handle. I mean, the Patriots don't really scare you offensively, but um, once they hit the Bills, I mean, the reality is if you look at their schedule, they don't really have that many quarterbacks on the schedule that, like, scare you. So everybody's be like, oh, they haven't played anybody good yet. Well, I'm not sure they're going to play anybody good most of the year besides Josh Allen. So um, so Josh Allen's going to be – I mean, they did play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and they played Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, Bailey Zappi uh, is a superstar. So <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> but – uh yeah, so I, I, the Bills one is going to be the, the real test of like how like legit good this defense is because that's going to be a team that has weapons at all levels, um, great offensive line, amazing quarterback. So that that's going to be where I'm like, okay, this defense is legit. I, I think that talent wise, they certainly look like it. Um, but I'm th- this week will be. I mean, it'll be a good test. The, the Patriots do have a good running game. They have a couple of really talented running backs. Uh, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. But. Um, yeah, if they can, I mean, if they can keep it going, the Jets are gonna be in every game. And I don't know if you've been able to say that in a decade. So, yeah, and it seems like are going to be playing meaningful games down the stretch in December, unless things, unless the wheels come off. But it, it seems like this defense hopefully will keep that from happening. Um, yeah. All right, should we talk about Zach Wilson? Yeah, let's talk about him. <laughs> all right, it's, uh, it's, Jets fans are being very rational and talking about him, uh, as you can imagine. <laughs> it's. It's all it's it's the wild swing. There's like half the fan base is like, um, he's doing what he needs to do. He's gonna be fine. The other half is like, Zach sucks. We need a new quarterback. And there's like no. I like, saw no some Sam Darnold was better at this point. Oh god, I haven't those. seen that. <laughs> yeah. Let's calm down, guys. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it's it's an interesting topic because on one hand, they haven't asked him to do a lot. Is is part of it? Like they, what you know, you could interpret however you want. You know whether they believe he can he can do what they you know other quarterbacks are doing. Like he's just he has one throw that went traveled over twenty yards in the air over the last two weeks. Um, I, I think he's like third in the NFL in passes over the last two weeks that have that are thrown like at or behind the line of scrimmage. So like it's all short screens, things like that. He's thrown like two hundred combined passing yards the last two weeks, no touchdowns, but no interceptions because they're not really letting him take a lot of risks. I think there are some concerns about. He does have to run for his life a lot and the decisions he makes at the end of that. There's some plays where he throws it away, some where he tries he tries juking four different guys instead of just getting rid of the ball. Uh, he even said, which I thought was a pretty insightful quote, actually. He he was asked about that and how he 
you know, his decision making in those situations. He's like, you know, as a as a quarterback, like you don't want to just like throw it away every time you you have to scramble it away. Like I want to I want to make something happen. And um, he's like, you know, some of those throws I'd like to have back or whatever. Um, he's gotten lucky a few times or it should have been an interception. Uh, so I, I mean, it, it's it was an honest answer, but you also don't want because he's going to have to run for his life so much. It seems like that you you don't want him trying to force something across the field or you know, just some of these throws he's made when he's on the run and evading pressure that, that just don't make a lot of sense. But um, anyway, to, to go back to the original point, like about whether to be concerned or not with Zach, they're doing what they have to do to win right now. Uh, but as as we've alluded to many times, I feel like at some point he's going to have to, you know, lead them to a win as opposed to not losing the game for them. They're not, they're not going to have a lead in every game. They're not going to, be able to just run the ball every play, every game, or do short passes and stuff like that. He has the receivers to make things happen, even if Corey Davis is out. You still, I mean, Elijah Moore, if he's playing, is talented. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, they have the tight ends. They don't really have Brees Hall out of the backfield anymore. Like, the, the weapons are, I guess, lesser than they were before. But um, they, they need him to step up. Garrett Wilson's been getting open. I think he's one – there's a ESPN, like, stat that he's, like, the fifth most open receiver in the NFL so far this season. Uh, so the guys are getting open. They need to start getting some explosive plays down the field. They need to establish the passing offense as like a threat, even if it's not like you don't need Zach to be a star this year. I think it would be fine if they went this whole year and Zach just wasn't turning the ball over and occasionally could have like a big game. And then next year, if he's still like that, then you start questioning whether he's like the guy. They picked him second overall, so you don't love that you have to like, you know, make the offense so not simple, but not like as explosive just because, you know, maybe you don't trust Zach to do what what they draft him to do just yet, but I'm, I'm not at the level of concern that, you know, it's only been, he's literally played 17 games. So you could argue that he's starting his second season game wise next week. Uh, and so, you know, 17 games, you know, his 17 game numbers aren't like amazing, but he, you know, there was, he's a different player now than he was last year. I do think he's better than he was last year. Do I trust him yet to like go out and win a game for them? You know, he did it in, in Pittsburgh. That was, that was just one quarter. The other three quarters, he wasn't very good. So, I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm there's some there's a middle ground between he's terrible and he's exactly what they need. Like, I think he still has a lot to prove. He's done what they needed him to do. His ability to evade pressure has saved them in a lot of ways, because like Joe Flacco, as we've talked about, would have been sacked many times over these last couple of weeks. So if, if he keeps not turning the ball over, they'll be OK. But as you get to teams that have good defenses, uh, the Patriots theoretically did have a good defense. The Bills have a great defense. And then some of the teams on the back half have been better than expected. Um, so we, we need to see what he can do when they have to start throwing the ball a lot because he just hasn't had to do that yet. And I, I feel like we've done the breakdown of, you know, when pressured, when not pressured, and how yeah, he's been far. very good when not pressured. But when you look at the state of this offensive line as far as pass blocking goes, and then you look at these teams that are upcoming, I mean, he's going to have to face the pressure and do something. He There's like one or two plays a week that just make you like really like scratch your head. This time yeah. was it was in the first half. He kind of scrambled wildly. He like put one spin move on, then Maybe tried second. another one. And then on his way down, kind of threw it from his knees yeah. and they replayed it to make sure that it wasn't a turnover and that he was actually down. And it, it was close. It was quite a conversation because whether or not the, the contact put him down. I, I thought was it was, a, I thought it was a fumble, honestly, but um, it was, yeah. it was really close. Yeah. And that, that was, it was one of those things like, I've never even seen something like look like that before. Like, right. First of all, you don't see a quarterback. A lot of people joked it was like, you, you know, when you play Madden, he clicks spin move too many, like a few too many times. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that and that, there's the week before where he just kind of like launched it into the end zone on third down, uh, and what to like double coverage and it was almost picked off and it would have prevented like a scoring opportunity. Like he can't do those plays. Uh, as somebody pointed out in the chat, uh, Jeffrey Stuffin, uh, the Broncos defense also has shut down pretty much every quarterback they've gone against, which is something to think about. Like the, they're very, they arguably like a lot of the numbers have them as like the yeah. best defense in the league. Uh, so th they were going to be able to take away anything that Zach was going to be able to do down the field. But, you know, you, you don't want to be out schemed every week because, you know, you just, you know, put a few too many guys in the in the secondary and Zach can't really handle it or whatever. The, the Broncos have a lot of talent. The Patriots do have talent on defense and they they have a smart head coach and Bill Belichick, even if he does some stuff recently. And he like, loves facing. He loves facing the Jets. Yeah. And and so the, they can pretty easily just look at what the teams have done the last like two or three weeks. Uh, to prevent Zach from from doing much beyond like what what the Jets have been doing on in the passing game, and you don't have Brees Hall back there anymore, and he was maybe their best threat as a receiver these last couple of weeks. So it's uh, we're we're gonna find out what Zach is made of too. I talked about what the team is made of. We're gonna find out what kind of quarterback Zach is over these next three games. If if they can win, if they can even split this Patriots series because they're two of the next three games are against the Patriots, you're in really good shape in the AFC East. Um, and it really says a lot about where you're at because you got to win those divisional games. Like we we've talked about it a lot. The Jets have talked about it internally a lot. They beat the Dolphins. Uh, it was a weird game, obviously, with the with all the quarterback stuff, but they beat them, and the Dolphins look pretty good. So uh, if they can split with the Patriots, and Zach Wilson's going to have to be a big part of that. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Are there things do you think that that LaFleur can do specifically to to help Zach out that there? I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing LaFleur. I think yeah, yeah. I think his calls have been great. I think the offense has been creative and they've really done everything they can to like 
make the most of the town on the field, except for maybe getting Elijah Moore the ball more, right? But that's another that's another story. Yeah, yeah. But is I, there are there little things you think that they can do to help Zach? I mean, is it you know ultra protection to and and less options downfield, but just making sure he has time to find them, that sort of thing. I I don't know. I'm just kind of spinning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've they've done a lot more of the two tight ends uh, to get him extra blockers and stuff like that. I think Robinson's a, a decent like you know, blocker as a running back too, to like, if there's free, blitz, there's a lot of free runners coming at Zach last week. So maybe Robinson can help with that a little bit. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the issue because if Zach's being pressured a lot, they're probably not going to be making many plays downfield, but they, they gotta, they have to find a way to scheme up some things down the field, whether it's, you know, I don't know. I, I think one, one step would be getting Garrett Wilson, the ball in space and letting him kind of do stuff after the catch. You, they've kind of gone away from that a little bit since Zach's been back because they've been running the ball so much, but Garrett is still a very dynamic player uh, and he's capable of, I mean, other teams have approached him as if he's a number one receiver, like the top corner has been covering Garrett Wilson every week, which says a lot about um, what teams think about him. I'm curious to see how it looks if Corey Davis is out, like how, what, you know, how much attention he's going to get. You're going to need a guy like Mims to step up in that case. Cause I don't really see Jeff Smith really contributing much as like a pass catcher. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, they, they need to try to take some shots downfield if they can. I mean, Elijah Moore is the one that weirdly is the one that would be good at getting the ball down the field. He's really fast. And um, I know a lot of people have called for him to play a little more in the slot. Maybe that's a move you do. You throw him in the slot and let Garrett try on the outside and see if you can get going there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's going to be a challenge. Um, and I, they, they, but they need to find, they need to find a way to get those explosive plays in the passing game. Uh, Cause the running game is not always going to be there. They ran the quick pass to to Garrett once this week. I think it was in the first half where it was just, you know, one step back, Zach zipped it over to him in space and he made a guy miss. And I think it was a 10, 12 yard gain. And it was, those plays are so easy. Now they, they look easy when there's one guy out there and he makes a miss and, and gets the gain. Sometimes obviously the defense is lined up a little bit better, but, yeah. but I feel like they don't run that stuff for Garrett Wilson, maybe enough just to get him easy catches. Yeah, yeah. That he so he's gotten some targets the last couple of weeks, but yeah, the the lack of usage for him has been a little strange to me. I'm curious to see what the target share looks like. A lot of it depends on Corey Davis because he's just been like solid yeah. on the outside, but you can rely on him, kind of thing. Right? Maybe he's not getting plays down the field or you know making plays like after the catch or whatever. But he's been important and he's really good in run blocking. Um, I should shout out. We should mention Denzel Mims real quick just because I I think he came in. He he had the block that sprung that Brees Hall run. Um. And fans ate up a quote he had after the game because I I actually asked him um like what if he's still like if, if he plays like this if he plays this much going forward does he still want to get traded and all that and he's he's like I'm not even thinking about that right now I'll let my agent handle that but you know I I all I want is to win and to play and so as long as we're winning I'm happy <laughs> and so fans are like yeah Elijah Moore suck it kind of thing you know? <laughs> like all right he did demand a trade so. <laughs> um, yeah. not demand request I should say it's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> But yeah, so Denzel, you know, Denzel's an interesting player because he does make like some, he'll like get a penalty or like make a drop or something like that where it confounds you. But the talent is like still clearly there to me. So um, I'd be interested to see like as he gets, gets more of a sea legs back now that he's actually playing, if they start trying to get him the ball down the field because he, he's big, athletic, fast. So I don't know, maybe he's like a sneaky, sneaky option to, to get the passing game going. It's funny because he did have the the penalty later in the game, and it was on a block. Like he was, yeah. Although I will say Zach Wilson like went out of his way to say he didn't think that was actually a penalty. So 
he defended Denzel. Kind of clotheslined <laughs> the guy and tore him down. But yeah. <laughs> so I, but not not to be negative or anything, but it, I, I thought it was funny on the on the Denzel block on the Brees Hall thing. If you watch the replay, he makes that block and then he as everybody's still running down the field, the play's still going. He just kind of like starts walking toward the sideline. He's like, Yeah. He like fist bumps, did, then he like did my job. <laughs> but he's like, I did my job. I'm good. <laughs> oh, um, I'm at a loss. Marissa, just bail me out here, Marissa. What else? Do we have I to mean, get to anything else? I just am still like stuck on like, I, I think it's really good that Joe Douglas came out and made a move. And I think like the vibes, like I know the injuries, it's been like a little dampening, but like, I feel like I'm reading the chat. I feel like the vibes are like still really good. This team is off to a start. No one predicted, Yeah, you know, Joe, Joe Douglas is showing that they're still in it. Like, I, I think this is, you know, sitting here on October 25th, like, if I said this in the summer, we would have been like thrilled, you know, obviously losing two key guys is not great and injuries are terrible, but um, I, I mean, I think you can't be anything but happy with where the jets are at this point in the season. Well, yeah. Would you rather have the jets two and five with a healthy <laughs> roster or five and two with injuries? Yeah, right? there right. you go. And speaking of the fact that they're, they're five and two and they've technically had five starting tackles go yeah. on into the reserve. If you start with back in Dwayne Brown, George Fant, Max Mitchell, Elijah Vera Tucker, (laughs) that's that's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Like everybody was mad at Joe Douglas for not getting enough tackles, but even if he had gotten four all pro tackles, like you can't plan for that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it's funny nothing will get a fan base happy, happier than a trade that looks good on paper. Like fans love Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm just saying like, there's nothing that will make somebody like a free agent signing in the off season or a trade yeah. during the season. It's like, yeah, that means we're, we're all in. And it's true. Like, like I, like I, like I said earlier, uh, it just says a lot about where the, like the jets feel like this is legit, I think. Cause otherwise I don't know right. if you trade for, a, for a running back um, like that, but um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious now to see what happens next with the deadline, um, whether they trade Bryce Hall, I think they could get some for him. I don't know if it would only be like a fifth round pick or something like that. I don't think they're going to trade Mims, uh, but yeah, th- this is, they have talent on this team, and that that's that's something you can say for sure. Like you can you can be like, oh, that opponents or whatever, but they have legit talent on defense on a, but pretty not. I wouldn't say like all three levels necessarily. Like I think the linebackers are solid. I don't think any of them are like studs. But you have Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, JFM. Uh, you know you have the cornerbacks who have been amazing. Michael Carter the second has been pretty solid. And on offense, you have Garrett Wilson. I mean, you had Brees Hall. Uh, unfortunately, not anymore. The offensive line has some players that are. Pretty good. I think you need to see more out of Lake and Tomlinson. Um, they just have like some solid veteran. You know, they have a good locker room. They were able to, you know, handle the Elijah Moore thing and move forward. I mean, we'll see how they move forward with him in the locker room physically. But um, that Elijah, the Elijah Moore thing is kind of like the lingering thing. Like if he if he gets his head back on straight, like he's gonna have a big role in this offense. Like I, that that was the whole whole thing. Like he just was not patient. Like it, we were in week seven. Like there was a lot. They were running the ball a lot um he's right and now who knows how the offense is going to change with yeah yeah and 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 he's the kind of guy that you you can get you know you can try and get creative with him like they're using barrios um get him on reverse if if he can come back and you know i don't know if he apologized yet or if he plans to or whatever but if he just comes back and does his job he'll have a role in this offense and he's a talented player so that it's almost like you're adding another it weirdly feels like you're adding another player if you can just get him back on track so um, I think that's going to be a big storyline going forward because this offense needs somebody to 
step up with Brees Hall out. I thought it was um, interesting going into the season. We looked at the schedule and the whole thought process was, all right, they got to survive the beginning and then it gets light after the bye week and they'll be able to, if they can just be in, you know, in the hunt, they can maybe make a push. And you look at the numbers now based on the way the NFL season has played out. And I think they have the hardest schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. Like well, like, based on DVOA. So as a lot of people pointed out, it might be because uh, they played the bills twice, but you look right. at the Seahawks don't look like an easy out anymore. They're like leading the NFC West, which that might be outside of the two New York teams having three combined losses this late in the season. I feel like the Seahawks being first in that division is pretty shocking. Um, yeah. I mean, the bears maybe are in a team that you can just assume is a win anymore. Um, the Dolphins will be better when they're – I mean, that's the end of the season, so who, who knows how teams will be health-wise. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some – I think the second half of the schedule looks harder than it did before the season, which is why it's – you know, I I, we, I always have to do those, you know, the week – the game-by-game predictions before the season. I mean, we, it's for it's fun to do them. I'm, I'm not acting like it's not. But it's so hard. You you say, like, oh, the schedule looks easy in this stretch and hard in this stretch, and this, then the season gets there, and the Packers and Broncos are a mess. The Patriots look like a mess. And all of a sudden, the hardest stretch of the Jets' schedule – looks like the easiest stretch of the schedule and the hardest stretch is going to come when you're playing teams like the Seahawks on the road at the end of the yep. season. So it's uh, yeah, it's it, preseason, you know, nothing. And I think this year more than ever, you're learning that the preseason, we know nothing because <laughs> this has just been, I, I feel like we probably say this every year, but it, it feels like this year, week to week, besides like the bills, the Eagles and you even know, the Eagles, I mean, we thought the Eagles, the Eagles would be good, but we didn't think the Eagles would games. be. Yeah. So like the bills and the chiefs are the only ones you can really like look at or like, all right, those, you know those teams are good, even if the Chiefs even – the Chiefs every regular season have, like, weird games. But you know at the end of the year they're going to be there. The Bills look like they don't have any weaknesses. Uh, other than that, like, the NFC is awful. The AFC, like, the, the Jets are pretty locked into a playoff spot, like, as of right now, like, standings-wise. Um, I think the the threshold to make the playoffs, I should say, I think if they get to 10 wins, you feel good about their chances. Nine wins – a bunch of teams that had nine wins didn't make it last year, uh, just looking at the standings, so – I think 10 is the goal and they're, they're at five right now. If they win this week, they're at six. Um, so yeah, it's a very promising, promising thing coming up. And I think the buy is coming at a good time for them too. Yeah. The extra game changed kind of the formula. I used to feel like nine and seven was good to get you in, but now nine and eight isn't always. So, cause you get that extra week. So yeah. more teams get to 10 um, just from the chat real quick. Um, <laughs> Michael Dunn started a uh, Braden Man fan club uh, chat real quick here at the end. <laughs> yeah, so shout out great. to Braden Man because r- really he has been. The special great. team has been amazing, yeah. honestly. You have Zerline, you got him. The coverage, Justin Hardy is playing amazing as in like as a gunner. So special teams is just doing its job, just casually in the background while the defense is like everybody's shocked about the defense being amazing. But special teams just been ho-hum really good every week. All right. Uh, Strebler note before we go. Hmm. Strebler note. Um, you know, there's some teams that need quarterbacks out there. It seems like. No, right now. no. <laughs> so that maybe they need to call them up and, and protect themselves. I mean, the Colts just benched Matt Ryan. You know, there's some quarterback controversies around the league. And yeah. the best way to avoid a quarterback controversy is just put in Strebler in my opinion. So. <laughs> I like that. So- Uh, All right. And with that, we are going to say goodbye. We'll be back later this week to preview this Patriots game. Um, Hopefully between now and then we'll kind of have more focus on who the quarterback for the Patriots will be. Um, Will will it be Mac Jones? Will it be Bailey Zappi? They both struggled on Monday night. So we'll talk a lot more about that, how this Patriots team uh, stacks up against the Jets and 
and what will have happened between now and then in Jets world. Maybe we'll hear from Elijah Moore as well. So a lot more to come. There's always drama here on the Can't Wait podcast. We'll talk to everybody soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.